Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pachuto, and I'm very excited to have my guest on today, the one and only Mr. Chris Morrison. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you, John? I'm doing super well. I'm excited to have you on the pod today. Can you give a uh, quick introduction to the listeners to who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's uh, Chris Morrison, Chef Chris Morrison. I'm the owner and chef of uh, Little Farmhouse Catering and Events, formerly known as Little Farmhouse Cafe. Mm. Tell me a little bit about your journey. I am a uh, avid Italian and uh, avid cooker, and uh, I think I got the best of all of the worlds growing up. You know, having my grandmother live with me, and you know, cooking really was a huge facet of like my life growing up. Um, I actually almost went to culinary school myself. I think I made the right decision not doing it <laughs> because you guys have crazy schedules. Yeah. Um, but tell me, tell me a little bit about like how you became a chef and owning your own restaurant and and sort of that whole process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I like the word that you use first and foremost, and that's journey. Uh, because for me, it has been quite a journey. Um, you know, it started off um, very similar to like yourself. Um, I was uh, probably about three years old, and um, I was living on a farm with my grandmother and grandfather up in North Carolina. And at that time, you know, we had a small farm, and I believe that's where a lot of the passion started for me, even though I didn't know it at that time. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's me getting in the kitchen with her and, and learning how to cook and bake and, and do all these things. And as time went on and I started to grow up a little more, I made my way back into uh, Georgia and to the Atlanta area. You know, I, I was always finding myself in and out of the restaurants. And once it's like once you're in the restaurant, it will not let let you go. You know, so I kept getting pulled back in, um, you know, whether it was front of the house, back of the house, managing, uh, training, whatever it was. I always found myself coming back to the restaurants or being um, uh, around food quite often. Uh, so as my journey kept going, you know, I was uh, at that time, I let's see, I've I uh, I was cooking at several different restaurants, um, and I found that you know front of the house just wasn't doing it for me anymore, and it, and I kept finding myself in the back of the kitchen, kind of poking around and seeing what the cooks are doing, and you know, and kind of saying, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's right or not. <laughs> you know? um, but uh, but and they're yeah. like, go back outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Just just get out. Um, so anyways, um, you know, so once I was kind of going back and forth and trying to figure out what I was trying to do and trying to figure out who I was, you know, um, I found myself really, really getting involved in the craft. Um, and that was from home. Um, and I said, you know, one day I said, you know, I'm going to go check out culinary, you know, um, I, I find my way back there. So, so I'm going to go check out some of the schooling. And I did that, and um, I landed in the best place I thought at that time was for me, and uh, that was Le Cordon Bleu. So, you know, I, I'm a Le Cordon Bleu uh, alumni. Um, I, I enjoyed going to the school there. I, I met a lot of great chefs. I was inspired by a lot of things that we went through there. And so with that experience, I just dived in deeper. And so um, eventually I found myself at Whole Foods Market. Um, I became one of their private event chefs for years. Um, I did a lot of their uh, cooking schools and teaching classes and things like that. And man, I tell you what, that is where the passion just started shining out, you know. And I never thought I would, I would be comfortable enough getting in front of people, especially cooking at the same time. Um, but I found that, it, that I did very well with it. 
Um, so through my journey at uh, Whole Foods, you know, it, it launched me into so many other things. And that's where I started my own business. Um, you know, I've always kind of been an entrepreneur uh, for most of my life. I started uh, a small, you know, cleaning business when I was 16. Um, I started, um, you know, in a restaurant, believe it or not, um, at eight years old. Um, I was a dishwasher. Um, you know, so, so it put me in line to, to start my own, my own business. And what I did was, is I started my own catering business at that time. And so I took that catering business and, and I ran with it. And, uh, what really got me going and out in the public is I started doing private chef dinners at your home. And I really got, I got to, you know, get out of my comfort zone. I got to get more intimate with my clients. Uh, and help them along the way as well and do some teaching at that time. Um, and then I found myself, you know, saying, you know, because it, it's very hard to run a business, and especially when you're new at it, um, you know, it doesn't always happen the way that you want it to happen. And so, you know, I had to result back into kind of that day-to-day -day thing, and I found myself back in the restaurants and whatnot. Um, and so then I was elevating myself within the culinary world. So, you know, now I was in the back of the house. Now I was uh, a sous chef. Now I was an executive chef, right? And so once I got the tools there, um, then I, ex I went back into my catering business and, and I was able to get into a shared kitchen uh, because at that time, you know, I, I wasn't in a position to just automatically open a restaurant. Thank God. Uh, because a lot of people will jump into this and say, you know what, I, I've seen it on TV, I can do this. Um, and usually, you know, restaurants fail in the first year or so. Um, so, yeah. so I was grateful that my journey took me that way. And so when I got back into the catering, uh, had a shared kitchen, got the shared kitchen under me for a couple years, and then I had the opportunity to open up my own space. And so I had this, this this idea, this vision going on. Um, and it really came from when I was with Whole Foods and things because I got so involved in farm to table, uh, working with farmers and, and giving back and all of this. And so I opened up this concept that was the little farmhouse cafe. And this was just this little cafe. Um, it gave me a production kitchen, you know, and it gave me the ability to open the doors and serve the public. And I sat like 12 people uh, on the inside. And then I had seating on the outside, but I had lines out the door and I'll never forget it's snowing and people are standing in line outside, you know, to come get this food. So I knew I was doing something right at that time, you know? So, uh, with knowing that it was like, okay, now, now let's, now let's get into the real thing. And so we had the opportunity in the next couple of years to expand our restaurant. And so we expanded our restaurant, uh, and it became this, this, this great experience for us, um, a lot of customers, um, a lot of trial and error, um, and just a, just a great experience for us. And I really, really, really got to dive in and shine my light and show people what I was about. And that's where this, this new journey of ours has really taken off because, you know, uh, the timing was so great for us in our restaurant that we opened up our restaurant about a month before COVID hit. So <laughs> that, that was something there, um, you know, yeah. and so, so since then we, we've taken a lot of different approaches and, and, you know, and now we're steering in a new direction, new exciting direction. And, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And 
what I've been doing. I mean, that's a hell of a journey for sure. Um, there is a highly glamorized view of the restaurant industry in media, right? Whether it's shows like The Bear, yeah. uh, you know, uh, celebrity personalities like Gordon Ramsay's of the world and Anthony Bourdain's. Um, and it's always been a point of fascination for me, you know, being a huge Bourdain fan and a huge cooking fan. Like, I just love to, you know, prepare food. And I think there's something meditative about it. But there is this highly glamorized uh, notion of the career and, you know, opening up a, a new space, you know, a week or month, whatever, before COVID can be a very humbling experience. I'm curious how the general glamorization of the industry versus the nitty gritty and the like actual daily uh, ups and downs that you go through as a business owner and as a chef can weigh on you, especially when you have the livelihoods of other people that you have to provide for and people who are relying on you. Yeah, uh, that, that's a great question um, because not everybody gets to see behind the scenes, right? Um, you know, it. I, I'll be honest. Um, the COVID definitely made us stronger, uh, made us think a different way, made us approach things a different way, all the way from our business model to our clients and to our employees. Um, because at that time, um, you know, it was just, it was a different avenue for everybody and everybody didn't think as clearly. And there was a lot of panic around and, and all those things. Um, so I guess to get kind of back to your question is, you know, um, I really had to lean on what the core was for me, uh, to be out, to be, you know, coming out every day and, and being in front of the public and being in front of my employees. And, and because, you know, I'm at the helm, right. I, I'm steering the ship and, and I've got to set the example every day. Um, so that can really weigh on someone like myself, uh, and any business owner. And so I really had to rely on and lean in on my core. And what that was is, is the passion. What got me mm -hmm. here? Uh, what is keeping me here? What is getting me up every day and, and keeping that drive in me? And that, that's the passion of what I do. So, you know, I, I had to put what, the, what life was giving us at that time, in a sense, to the side um, and just kind of let time uh, tell us what our next move is going to be, how we're going to maneuver and do all those things uh, to get through these difficult times. Um, but the thing that I found that it, it really was true to stick to truly who I was and my passion because my customers could sense that coming in, right? They already knew there was a worry, there was a concern for a business owner and all of that. But when it came down to it and they came into the establishment and they said, you know what, he's still here. He's still surviving. He's still pushing through and he's still putting out great product. And he still comes out and he talks to us and says hello to us. That went a long way for me. And it kept me. Growing. Yeah. I mean, I love that answer. I think that's like tremendous. I mean, I switched lives completely when it came to post pandemic life. I lost my job in the middle of the pandemic, found my passion for photography and this podcast and two things that I'm doing now for a career, can you even call it that, <laughs> that I think I'm just like lucky to be here and be able to have these experiences. Um, I don't consider what I do to be a job when I'm out in, in, in a studio or on uh, taking photos. It doesn't ever feel like work for me. Um, 
obviously being a chef is work. You're sweating, you're, you know, you're doing physical labor. It is actual work. Um, do you ever go through time periods, whether it's a shift a day, a week, a month where you fall in and or out of love with cooking? Um, you know, I, I think I have to be honest with myself, uh, with that question. Uh, yes, it has happened. It has happened. Mm -hmm. It has made me question, uh, who I am. It's made me question, am I doing the right thing? It's made me question, is it time to move on? Um, so absolutely. Yeah. When you have those like self doubts, because like as a creative person, I feel like, you know, in, in some ways, any sort of creative career, whether you're a photographer um, or an artist and the culinary world sort of are creatively linked, right? You are doing things creatively, but your medium is food versus, say, photographs. Um, I go through like an imposter syndrome type situation where it's like, you know, who do I think I am to be able to be doing this job or taking these photos or working in this space? And I'm like completely doubting myself. Um, do you ever experience that or or does your training and your experience, you know, decades worth of cooking uh, sort of push that stuff to the to the back end of your mind? No, no, I I would be lying if I told you no, um, because uh, it definitely does. It definitely has, um, because I'm human, you know, yeah. just, just because I'm in the position I'm in, it, it doesn't make me different. You know, as they always say, we all put our pants on the same way, but we go through the same emotions too. Uh, it's just all in how we, we handle it and uh, what we learn from it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. I've, I'm so like I said, I love to cook. It's probably the two or three highlights I have, uh, you know, throughout the course of the day, it's like the first cup of coffee and like making dinner. Like those are like the two highlights. And then everything else in between is either really great or <laughs> I need more coffee. Um, but when you're like planning out the menu for a restaurant, I would imagine you go through different changes, whether it's seasonal or you know monthly, however that process sort of unfolds, but creatively what goes into the process of creating a menu or creating a flavor profile or creating s stuff that you want to have, your customers try out mm -hmm. um that's good and, it, and the the great thing about that and the great thing about this this field um it's always different and it's always evolving and uh, so to answer your question you know when it's for a guest or a client um i would say i really try to tap into to what their favorites are right um that's part of my question. You know, what, what are some of your favorite cuisines? Um, what do you like to cook? What do you, what do you like to eat? Um, so I try to dive in on some personal level with them and figure out where they are, the type of person they are. And that inspires me to start the menu. So if they can give me just a little tidbit, I can just run with it. Um, now when it's, you know, when, when we're talking about a new menu for um, a restaurant, for a catering business, for an event uh, that we're going to be putting on or something like that, it's the moment. It's the moment what inspires me, right? It, it's, it's seasonal also. So what's in season, like you touched on? What's in season? What can I get my hands on? What is new? Uh, what are some new uh, ideas that, that people have been, you know, grabbing onto? And and it's great nowadays that we have social media and things like that uh, because we can, you know, we have that source at our hands very quickly to where we can get out there and we can kind of see what people are doing. 
Um, but I, I think it just, it just really boils down to the moment for me. Um, I'm always, you know, when I'm in those times of creating, it, it's the moment. It's how I'm feeling. It, it's what's going on around me. And that's the best way I know how to describe it. It's just the moment for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I think we, like you mentioned, social media wise, we live in a cool time when it comes to cooking uh, for like regular people, right? We can be inspired to try any recipe because we see XYZ chef, you know, preparing something soup to nuts on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever. And from a person who's just sitting at home, they're like, oh, you know, I could probably try that and, you know, inevitably fail at it. But it, it does pose an interesting opportunity for people to learn about cooking and learn about new cuisines and try out new things. Because I think for, at least for me, like I get stuck in these sort of grooves where I'm cooking the same three meals a week or four meals a week, and it's very repetitive. So it's nice when you have these other outlets where you can try to like learn something new and try something new that I ordinarily wouldn't uh, get an opportunity to do. Um, which I think is is pretty cool. Um, in terms of like broadening your own culinary skills and your own palate and your own menus, where do you look for inspiration outside of your own, say, central environment for you know trying out new dishes and things like that? Um, I think some of the probably the inspirations that I get outside of here, um, you know, there's there's one um, chef out there that I really it's inspires me i look up to um and he just he's just amazing and that's sean brock uh that man is just doing phenomenal phenomenal things so outside of my atmosphere it's it's really tapping in to um who inspires me personally so i i go all the way back to my grandmother right um the things that i learned there my grandfather i go all the way back um to my schooling um, and then I bring in what currently influences in me, and that's people like Sean Brock. That's um, and really that's and also what inspires me. And I know you said outside of my atmosphere, but it's it's the students, um, you know, it's the farmers, it's those guys out there and ladies that are grinding out every day, trying to. Uh, you know, turn over a better leaf for themselves. In other words, um, those are the things that really inspire me. Um, and it's, you know, and, and I'm trying to involve myself uh, more so nowadays too, is, is grounding myself, actually putting my feet in the dirt. Um, and that's going out and, you know, to, to a piece of land, to the mountains um, that we're so lucky to have here in, in Georgia um, and, and get grounded. Um, so there, there's a lot of spiritual uh, work that I've put in in the last few years um, with others and myself. And so, um, you know, I would say spiritually, that is one of the biggest things for me right now. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I'm curious, obviously, with the prevalency of fast food chains, uh, Uber Eats, DoorDash, these places where getting food delivered quickly to you is ever accessible, obviously not always the most healthy uh, type of uh, meals and such. How do you, as an owner of a restaurant, sort of frame your your business to be something unique and different? Um, that farm-to-table experience is, goes you know, antithetical to everything that's going on in fast cuisine and fast or moderate speed burgers and things like that. Um, how do you get 
the customers to come to you for an experience that they're not getting elsewhere? So um, that's actually a, a, another good question because of the transition we've had in the past year. So I had mentioned earlier that uh, the Little Farmhouse Cafe, we opened that restaurant um, and we, we had some good success at it. Um, but mm, a little under a year ago, we actually closed the doors um, and we changed our concept. And so we changed our concept to a private event space. And that's kind of getting me back to my roots again of where I started out with private events at your home and everything. So, yeah, so now it's a little tougher getting this fresh cuisine into a customer's hand, into their mouth, um, because they're not walking in the door every day. So, so how do I go about doing that? Um, you know, and, and what we've done and what I've done is I've got myself back into the farmer's markets, um, doing chef demos, creating dishes out there for people, letting people know that I'm still here. Um, also providing meals on the go. Um, also providing a way for our guests, our clients, our customers to to still have us cater directly to them now instead of them coming to us. Um, and then now what we're creating, this atmosphere at our um, establishment are these private dinners, these pop-up dinners. This pop-up dinner is, is such a fad right now, um, and I love it. And so we're trying to instill more and more of that. And we're trying to get our customers back in the door with us, sitting down with us again, enjoying a nice meal. Um, and so, you know, that's that's one avenue right now is actually creating these different themed uh, pop-up dinners and getting people back in here. Um, so that's what we're working on currently. That's pretty cool. So give me an example. It's, you know, Friday night, three weeks from now, you'll do a pop-up centered around a specific dish, a certain number of dishes? Like how does, how does that process sort of work? Um, so, you know, again, these are themed events. Um, so we did, let's say Valentine's day, right? Mm -hmm. Valentine's day is usually pretty intimate. Um, but we thought, you know, how can we get a little bit of interaction from our guests, make it a little more fun, um, not so quiet and, and, um, just by yourself. Um, but still giving you that intimate service, right? So what we did is uh, we had a themed Valentine's Day. And what that was was romantic comedies. And so what we did with that is we had a little Q&A card. They got to fill it out. Um, they turned it in at the end of the night. And whoever answered those questions that we had right, they got uh, a, a free ticket to the next event. So that was something oh. a little different there. Um, we had a, a pop-up, um, show chef showdown pop-up chef showdown was myself and two others going head to head. So we take the, the seasonal ingredients. We created a, um, I think it was a 12 course meal. Um, each one of us doing a, a portion of that. And then at the end of the evening, our, um, our guests got to grade us, you know, who was the best chef of the night, who had the best plating, who had the best interaction with the customers because us coming out and introducing ourselves and talking to the customers about that, those dish um, is something that we created. Um, and so that was different. That was unusual. That was getting outside the box a little bit. Um, and now we've got some things on the horizon. I don't want to get into it too much, um, but <laughs> these are series, right? So these are series 
of these theme dinners, um, getting the customer to come back in the, in the door again and getting them excited about, oh, what are we going to have next? Um, and so we've got some great ideas for that. We've done some dinners with the Murder Mystery Company uh, where they've come in and done their thing and we've provided food and kind of collaborated on that. We look forward to doing more of that. Um, so there's, there's that as well. And now uh, we've got a, a great thing that's coming up uh, here in Atlanta. There's a, a great new, beautiful, beautiful hotel called the Epicurean Hotel. And on April the 27th, um, I'm actually coming in there and I'm starting my three-part series because they have a chef theater cooking class. So it's got stadium seating in there and it's got the whole nine. And it's almost like being on a little TV show. Uh, but, you know, guests get to come out, they get to enjoy, they get to interact, they get to, you know, if it's a teaching class, they get to actually get their hands in there and make a dish and all these things. So I have this new three-part series coming up that's um, teaching folks how to be their own personal chef at home. That's fucking awesome. That's, I mean, that's really fucking cool. I like that. That's pretty sweet. I mean, listen, this is all new stuff for me. I we don't have that. Listen, I you know I'm in New Jersey. It's not like I'm in a freaking foreign country or anything. But it is that's that's very unique. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, just I would love to do something like that. Get an opportunity to go to to a class or you know whatever and and, and experience that. That I mean that that's that's awesome. That sounds fantastic. Your passion for what you do comes through when you're talking about it, which excites me because you know I, I similarly love cooking as well. Um, there is an aspect to your job cooking that has to be sort of talked about, which is like the social media aspect of what you do right so nowadays you can't just be one thing right i can't just be a photographer i have to be a content creator and you can't just be a chef you have to be a personality how do you juggle the intense scrutiny that you get on social media with your clear and undeniable passion for what you do for a living yeah and you know we've experienced that you know absolutely um more you know and, and through not to bring it up again but you know we experience it often through COVID. Um, you know, just trying to stay up with everything. Um, but really it's, it's, it's not taking it to heart. Um, because yeah. what I've learned through my experience, through my time, just in life, right. Is people always can have it a little bit worse than you do. And really it's not worth putting in all the energy into someone else's energy. And what I mean by mm -hmm. that is really diving into the words that they've used or their criticism or anything like that. Um, because at the end of the day, it's a lot of times it's just you and you know, the love, the passion, the energy, all that, that you put into what you truly believe in. And you just got to stay humble with that. You got to stay wholesome with that. Um, because you got to get up the next day and you got to do it again. Right. But you can take mm -hmm. those tidbits that you hear from someone else and look, uh, in between the lines, as they would say, and look for the positive, because there's, I believe there's always positive coming out of something that is negative. Um, and you know, and these things, not a lot of times people are trying to, to hurt you or anything like that. They're just wanting to be heard. That's really yeah. what it boils down to. You know, when you get a complaint in the restaurant and the manager has to go up there, or you have to go up there. If you are the manager and the chef and everything else, you know, is the customer first and foremost wants to be heard. And if you can hear them, you can get something positive out of it. 
use it as your as your artillery use it be better the next time be better tomorrow you know um so you just got to learn how to kind of bite your tongue and swallow it and learn from it yeah gotta love the service industry it's great yeah. you get you get an opportunity to s spend a lot of time with a lot of uh different folks we'll say a lot yeah, of karens and you know that everybody got... needs to work in the restaurant at least twice in their life <laughs> yeah no it's uh I don't envy it at all. That's for sure. Um, going along with the social media conversation, it seems as like we go along in life, our scoreboards are sort of like up there for more people to see because everything's ever connected. Um, when you go through like events like closing down the restaurant and pivoting and, and making these alterations and changes, do you have in your mind at all? like whether this is successful or whether this is failure or whether this pivot makes sense for this and, and the outside noise that goes along with it. And to uh, another degree, what gives you the confidence to make these alterations and changes to your own plans um, and, and know that you'll be successful doing it? I think it's just based on experience um, and it's the trial and error and everything. Um, it's, you know, and uh, we all have that trial and error in our life. And, you know, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's just, it's, it's the trial and error, but it's, it's building the confidence in myself. Right. And it's, it's learning what the customer wants because, and, and COVID's a, a great, um, it, I have a quick question. Yeah. Do you ever need to teach the customer what they want? Do you ever need to like, be like, you may want this, but you should have this instead. Is that ever part of the process? Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes you just have to go out on, on a limb for that, you know, but um, that's where, you know, when, when we're able to is, you know, coming out and bringing someone a dish like, Hey, I just want you to try this today. Or if it's catering, you know, sliding in something that they didn't order and say, I just want you to try this. You know, mm -hmm. so there, there's there's different ways that we do that, but absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think through the whole thing, um, like I keep saying, is is trial and error, and I don't want to repeat myself on that, but it truly is, is because I've I've learned what works, I learn I've learned what doesn't work, um, and <clears throat> when you bring that all together, you you can kind of grasp on, you know what. I, I, I want to try this. I want to experiment because X, Y, and Z has worked before. So I, I, I feel like I have enough confidence to try this out. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, and it's getting out of the way of yourself. Um, I think sometimes because you get in your head, especially as a chef, you get in your head, right? A lot of the times, and this has got to be just right. This has got to be perfect. And, you know, um, but you, you've got to um, cater to the audience. You know, it's not always about what I think, uh, what I think is going to be best. It's really what is best for for the, the customer right now, you know, and what is that trend right now and what can I mm. do different? And, and um, you know, just going through the motions a lot of times and, and making these things happen and, and failing. <laughs> That's a big thing. If failing is a good thing. So... <laughs> I wouldn't say here, sit here and say I've never failed before. Um, I failed a lot, but I've learned yeah. from a lot of it too. And so I think that plays into a lot of what you're asking.
Totally. I think uh, the greatest experiences of my life have all been born through failure. And I think we get way too comfortable as people like putting failure out of our minds and to the side and not attributing it to our successes because every overnight success is born with decades worth of work in the back end. And I think if we were a lot more comfortable embracing our own losses and our own defeats, we could quickly cut the line to our own successes if we were just able to have that frank conversation about our own failures. I absolutely love that. Um, there's a big conversation going around in the food industry now with things like sustainability and farm to table um, and just sort of the whole process in which Americans specifically consume um, because we're obviously a wildly unhealthy bunch. <laughs> um, how, how as a chef do you look at these things and make pragmatic choices for your business to be able to be successful um, and to be able to also start to steer the conversation and even starting, you know, small in your own neighborhood and your own market. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think it's, um, I guess I would have to say it's, it's having an expectation. Um, what is, what is that expectation for me? Um, what is the expectation for my business? Um, and, and what am I really, really trying to get out to, out to my guests, my clients, right. Um, or whoever is around me, my employees. Um, and that, and that is just staying true to, to what I set out to do, um, and, and believing in sourcing local, um, believing in using sustainable products, uh, believing in making, making the healthier choice versus the less expensive choice. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes that can hit you in the pocket uh, pretty hard, and especially recently. Um, so it's yeah. really just guiding yourself to stay on track because, you know, a lot of folks will say that, you know, oh, well, I can't afford doing farm to table and getting local all the time or going organic and, you know, and I, I can totally relate to that, but there is a way. Uh, there is a way um, to do that, and I've learned that through my experience. Um, but yeah, it's it's just staying true. It's it's and, and and not lying to myself, you know, and and in turn lying to to my clients because I, I've seen it happen so many times, especially when, like you say, people have to pivot and pivot in their restaurant and things. They try to keep the um persona of themselves as we are still providing the best product for you but in turn it's canned goods because it was cheaper for them you know and, and they get away from what is really good uh for myself for the for others um and, and you know and they go they go the cheaper route the easier route um, you know, instead of trying to work through what you truly believe in. And that's what I just try to do. Yeah, I think it's a it's a fun time from, you know, just as an individual perspective, um, because we're having a at least I think locally for me in New Jersey and Montclair, there's a conversation centered around more farm to table that's happening. I think it's probably happening throughout the country, which I'm appreciative of. I think when you can sort of cut down the barriers to access to good quality ingredients um, and sort of stem the grocery shopping at the food store and maybe go direct to some of these small uh, farms and, and some of these smaller production facilities, you get better quality stuff, which 
I, I think is tremendous. Uh, you know, I'm lucky I had a, another chef on my podcast a while back, uh, Scott McDonald, um, who is working in this in this field and doing a lot of this sustainable stuff. He just got like a whole bunch of like he's getting full on cows, right? And my brother got a whole bunch of beef from him, and it was fucking it was great. It was just better quality stuff. Yeah. And I think the conversation starting to shift to a point where people are starting to realize that what goes into our body is incredibly important and we should probably start being a little bit more mindful about it. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I'm curious, you you've been a chef for a long time. You you your knives and and such touch a lot of different things on a daily basis, but what is your favorite dish to make? <laughs> um you know, I I've gotten that question a lot. And it's always evolving. Um, you know, I'm, I'm known for my brisket. Um, it's Ooh. a lot of people say it's not the easiest cut of meat to, to mm -hmm. cook. Um, but I'm definitely known for my brisket. I, I love doing barbecue, being from the South and all of that. Um, but really, it's, it's, not a, it's not necessarily a dish. It is a technique. Um, and in school, and I, I tell a lot of my my employees and everything this too, and and I have you know I have one student right now that's going to school too, um, but it's it's the fundamental, it's the first couple things that we learn in our skills class, and that's sauces and soups, um, because that's where you learn to build flavor, and mm. if it wasn't for that and getting a true understanding of how to build a flavor, all the other dishes wouldn't matter, um, at least to me. So I can't really say what's my favorite dish to cook. I really can't because I just enjoy cooking just about anything. It's the technique for me. It really is. And I really love sauces and I really love soups. And I know um, maybe that's not what people want to hear, you know, because that's so basic. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I. I can kind of understand it and relate it. I, for some reason, in the, at least in the last year, I have been making so much chili, like <laughs> an a an absurd and an obscene amount of chili. But the process of building out those flavors and the profile of the beans, of the meat, of the garlic, of the onions, and like building out this giant fucking pot of deliciousness. Yeah. is my favorite thing to do. It might take me a few hours on a Saturday or Sunday, but it's just such a rewarding process. So I would understand why, as someone who does this professionally every single day of their life, that that would be an rewarding part of the job. I, I totally get it. I, I'm on board with that. Yeah. yeah. Is there any part of your job that you don't like? Um... <laughs> Besides maybe the business part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the part that, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't always bring me all the joy I'm looking for in a day is, is the business part, you know, but it's part of it, you know, it's part mm -hmm. of it. Um, you know, some people may say it's, it's the customers dealing with the customer or whatever, but I would say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, those are difficult times. They are, but but see, for me, though, that's it, it, it's like a full circle for me because I end up back with them and I end up seeing the joy coming off uh, of them when they're eating something that I've prepared for them. Right. They've eaten this dish and they're going on and on or they've asked me to come over and talk to me about it. That right there 
does it for me. It's not, it's not about fame. It's not about uh, money. It's, and, and in this industry, you know, you, you got to understand coming into it, the money is not there, right? <laughs> it's, you got to go through sure. all the heartache and, and the pain and everything. Um, but that's not what does it for me. It's, it's seeing that individual light up. So when we talk about the customer, that's, that's not the hard part of my job. It's not. It's really that's not. nice. Yeah. It's I would really imagine nice. that's a giant departure from the vast majority of yeah. uh, people in your industry, for yeah, sure. I, I, think um, I think that makes me a little different than others. Yeah, no, it's that's commendable for sure. Um, you go through a pivot like you did in COVID and the business model changes, what you're doing with your life changes. Um, and you come out of that three years in a stronger position, feeling better, feeling confident, loving what you're doing and feeling from what it sounds like incredibly invigorized and like ready to roll. Um, when you look at the future of what it holds, not just for you as a chef, but you know, your, your region, your, uh, community, what do you hope to see for yourself and sort of the growth of you and your restaurant and your, and your, you know, business in the, in the coming years? You know, I was asked that recently, and um, the journey that I'm on right now, just in life, um, I think, you know, in the next five years, for me, it's it's to be a figure. Um, and when I say be a figure, it doesn't mean be a celebrity, not at all. Uh, it's just to be a figure in my community, Right. Um, because I, I do want to give back more and more, however that can be. Um, and I want to be a figure to up and coming chefs. Um, you know, something that we didn't touch on with our restaurant space that now is a private event space is we welcome in up and coming chefs, other chefs that don't have um, necessarily the space to occupy all their guests or if they want to test their food or whatever. And so we welcome in all these other chefs um, into our facility so they can experience our atmosphere and, and really get to experience, you know, something that is their own at that moment. Um, so for me to be a figure to someone, for me to just be able to touch someone um, and remember me in five years just because of who I am and what I've done and what I've been through, um, if I can if I can get that out more in the next five years, and if I can touch more people in the next five years, then I was successful. I think that community building mentality that you just spoke about will inevitably be the driver for your own success. And I'm curious what about that thought, that idea, that desire to mentor, to grow, to teach, what about that is appealing to you? What is uh, what about that drives you to you know jump more into that? Um, I think it's just I think it's really uh, it comes back to um, kind of testing myself, kind of pushing myself, um, keeping the drive within myself to see how good I can be. Um, you know. Um, and, and I and I feel like too with with what's going on in in our community and in our state and in our city in Atlanta, it is such a food booming um, city, and just I mean restaurants are popping up left and right, new chefs are popping up left and right, more and more and more of that. I think there's a 
big part of me that wants to become um, a figure in that, wants to be a part of that. So I, I think it's it's our growing city that's also uh, giving me the push right now. That's cool. It's nice when your community and your city help inspire you to work harder, to drive to be more and give back. Um, I think that is a really commendable sort of mentality. It gives you a completely ulterior like thought process to wanting to be successful, right? Because it's coming from a genuine place. It's not, oh, I want to make more money or, oh, I want to be more famous. It is because you want to see the community grow, um, which I think inevitably will will lead to your own success for sure. Um, when you look at the future, and I, for me, it's it's pretty straightforward. I will always be successful because I work harder than anybody else and I want the things that I want because I've built out a, a, a platform for myself and, and a, and a um, you know, sort of a, a pattern and a path for me to be successful. Um, your industry is very ebb and flow up and down and it could be traumatic and shut down like things like COVID and it's never easy. Um, my hope for you obviously is that that doesn't um, deter you from any of your successes. I think you have the mentality and the desire um, to get everything that you want. I'm, I'm very confident that that will be the case. Well, I appreciate you saying that um, because I, you know, that again, that's, that this is what I live for. This is with me being able to portray this to you and, and send this across to you, and you feel that same excitement that I do. That's great. So thank you. Yeah, I mean it comes it, it it comes through very genuinely, very honestly, and I, I think you know having benefited from having a millions of these conversations, millions, a couple hundred of these conversations, um, you get to learn about like what people's true motives are for their success and, and their true passion and love for something. And with you, it comes through, um, you know, very cleanly. And uh, it's just nice to hear, you know, it's, it's cool when people have uh, hopes and desires and dreams that are, you know, a little bit more altruistic than I just want to have a million TikTok followers or something, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, Chris, I, I, I want to thank you so much for uh, for coming on the pod today. Um, this has really been my pleasure. I have a very cheesy line. If you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family. Uh, and uh, yeah, just thank you so much for, uh, for coming on and having this chat with me. Uh, thank you so much, John. Really appreciate you. My pleasure. Take care.